0: and then what I was going to give is our disclaimer where you know the advice that we're going to be giving tonight both of us and our own opinions that we are going to be sharing as well they do not substitute or replace professional help in any capacity we both want to make that clear so that does not replace any intervention um, that uh, is you're currently doing at the moment or potentially thinking um of doing so we really want to make that clear um so before we actually begin getting into the topic it's really important that just for a few minutes uh we just go over um our background and just give a bit of context and perspective why we are on here and are passionate and have the experience to talk about this um so Habising, go ahead and, and begin so
1: i'm an osteopath by background i uh, not the, the most likely candidate to be on here but in terms of my experiences I have patients who have unfortunately um, known family members who have been through this or have been through this themselves. We went to Rahal Camp, which was about, uh, about three years ago now in Vancouver, and we were invited there because one of the sevadas, um you know, there was, there was suicide amongst one of the Sevadars there in Vancouver, and uh, as I'm sure everyone here will know someone who has been through this and Dr. Paul is a doctor of psychology, so she gives me input on that and in terms of training, I've had the mental health first aid course training as well as mindfulness-based cognitive therapy and a
0: few other bits and pieces. And, uh, and your uh, lived experience as well? If yeah, ever... my lived
1: experience. So I think probably my darkest time was around when my brother passed away. I had some counseling around those times, had some dark thoughts around those times which are, I'm sure we'll get into
0: hundred percent I appreciate that um, and myself as well traditionally I came from a background in IT um, and made the switch uh, around nearly three years ago to uh, primary mental health care services actually from learning about a lot of mental health issues uh, on instagram actually through through many families um, and what they're experiencing um, now my day job is um, I work uh, as I said in, in primary um, Mental health care for uh, for mind in IAPT uh, services. So, my job is uh, to manage a team of uh, individuals who um, help people, uh, clients in therapy um, with their work issues, in work issues, um, and uh, building new careers, etc. As we know, if you're not happy in your job, you're likely to be unhappy in your life. And also, Um, we try to provide um, a lot of value there. Um, And I talk uh, quite openly um, on Instagram and and other platforms. Um, I'm quite passionate about um, mental health, um, as you are as well. Not going into too much detail right now, um, but I did experience uh, low mood um, in 2013 and um, emotional uh, drainage, uh, let's say being devoured of uh, feeling and, and emotion around that time as well so both of us have got um lived experiences of being in uh, dark times um uh, and feeling alone and and all of these other things that we're going to be going into but thankfully we both come out of it the other side but that's not to say that we still you know don't have our days and and, and things like that um so we just set the scene there on that so what we're going to be doing now is just um talking a little bit um, about obviously what has happened because um, there's no way both of us, you know, we do hear about um, things that happen, um, suicides that happen, attempted suicides that happen, we both get messaged about these things, um, but neither of us could ever have imagined that something like this would happen um, out on social media um, and to the extent of uh, Bhaji taking his own life and the way he did it and everything like that Um to the point that we would be doing a live uh, This evening off the back of of that and so much other stuff that we've seen I know um, Myself and I'm sure everyone can resonate on it had read as well included that his timeline is just full of this at the moment um, so Baji, give, give give your thoughts if you can yeah, I mean
1: I was looking at the stats. Twelve people every day in the UK, um, you know, die from suicide, and that's twelve families who are left without a son. That's twelve spouses or you know partners who are left without their partner. That's twelve, um, you know, potentially kids, groups of kids or groups of kids who are left without their, their dad. So it's uh, it's heartbreaking. Fifty um, percent of men, according to the stats in the UK, can um, think about suicide. And of those 50%, only 50% of those say that they would be, feel like they're able to talk to someone about what they're feeling or what they're going through. And 75% of all suicides in the UK are males. So it's, it's a massive problem. It's, it's not just in the Sikh community, but this is a, this is a national issue. And it's the number one cause of, of death for males under 50 in the UK. So, you know, the most common cause of death my age
0: group is is suicide and these are just reported statistics as well which is the which is the scary thing about it but the the numbers don't lie um we see the numbers a lot and the thing is about this as well where we're seeing as well that that these are just not numbers these are these are people's lives um and not just people's lives how people are connected to so many other people um and the aftermath that's left for um, families and friends and everybody, their life is never the same again um, after this happens. But um, just after you mentioned that as well, um, there was a post, um, really good post that I saw on Instagram from the account Collective, which I will share afterwards, which is re- gives some really interesting thinking, which I want to share with you as well. It was done by the Men's Health Forum. They did a survey just to, to ask about why men do not talk about their mental health, right? And the the top reason, and I'm gonna go through a few reasons, starting with the top, uh, being uh, I learned to deal with it uh, on my own, yeah? Um, I didn't wanna burden anyone. I felt too embarrassed. Um, there's negative stigma around this already. Um, I didn't wanna admit that I needed support uh, or, or show that I'm weak and I've got nobody to talk to. So, these are some real big things um that you know are, are, the truth is out there with that with that there's no hiding that
1: yeah, I think I probably all of those probably apply to me at some point in my life, and someone mentioned in the comment box that loneliness is a killer if you are if you have a question or comment, please do leave it, and we'll get through them as we go
0: yeah uh that's it exactly when someone's in, in that position. Uh, where they feel totally alone and they do not know where to turn um, or what to do. It's such a scary place. It's such a dark place to be in. And it's also very difficult because everything is internalized. and Life is going on around you um, and you feel like you're just not a part of any of it. And it's really, really difficult to deal with. And that's why, you know, people can end up in those positions where it just escalates so fast. Um, over you know I, I had low mood for just a few months and it, it just went so fast it just like and and all of these things that um, were the impact on the individual to end up there um because this is a thing as well um, which we, we can talk about now as well when someone gets to the stage where they take their life it's not an overnight thing we know that right so much has to happen before that occurs there's so many warning signs um, before it's not, it's very, very rare that someone wakes up in the morning and, and just does it. There's there's so much that comes before that, which is really important um, to know. And we're going to talk about some of the, the warning signs.
1: Yeah, and just to think back off that, I, on the basic podcast, I talked about loneliness being an epidemic, and uh, I cited some research um, from a book called The Village Effect, and they talked about. How loneliness increases your risk of death by forty-five percent, whereas things like smoking is is, um, something like five or ten percent, and obesity is something similar. So, you know, uh, loneliness—you can be in a house full of people, you know, and still be lonely. It doesn't necessarily mean because you've got thousands of Instagram followers or Facebook followers that you're you're not going to be lonely. So, real kind of valuable, meaningful connection is being lost in the Western world and, and all around the world and we're we've been more and more bombarded with um, Potentially negative stimulus like social media which in terms of the research is a whistleblower from instagram She said that um, She's left instagram now, but you can you can google it. She said that uh, Instagram their internal research showed increases increase, they might ban this video because i'm putting my instagram but increases um low self-esteem anxiety depression and um, suicide in teens and young people so you know there's lots of potential negative illnesses and there are lots of protective illnesses which with these family cohesive family environments and faith and, and people feel like they belong to a group all of those things are being lost and there's 2am trends that you can just call um you know not many
0: people have those anymore. and uh it's it's what you're saying there it's the filtered life that we're living as well um this and this pressure as well um, online to be a certain way and to keep up with with trends and, and everything like that and and the reality is as well um we haven't even mentioned it yet but the pandemic um you know the last two two years what it's been like where people who uh, probably felt that they never had any issues before are experiencing issues and maybe those that did have issues are even worse um as well so we, we're contending with that as well um so it's not just just normal things it's it's everything is heightened um at the moment as well and fears um so what we're going to do is we had tons and tons of questions, and we had a discussion before. We want to provide everyone with the most value, and um, so that is going and actually getting in there and answering your questions. And through that, we believe we'll be able to shed a lot more on this topic, and maybe more questions uh, will come out with it. So I don't know if you've got questions there, but I've got questions, maybe we could do one at a time. Maybe, um, yeah, so, and I thought
1: maybe we could split it between,
0: yeah. Um,
1: Questions that an individual might benefit answers that might benefit an individual, someone who's suffering or going through um, hard times, and the people who are supporting them. Questions around how can I support them. So I thought if um, someone's watching this who's going through struggle or struggling at the moment, but doesn't help. Like, focus some of that stuff around them and some of that yeah. the the most likely individuals, which are the, the women in their lives or, or, you know, mothers, sisters, one of them.
0: And we spoke about that before as well. I get messages from uh, uh, mothers and and wives about the the men in their life. Very rarely do men reach out as well um, as we had this discussion, isn't it? So, and and we spoke about these reasons um, why that's the case so this is something as well to to look at and somebody's actually asked that question as well in there but kicking off with uh, with one I've got here is um, we talk about a lot about uh, physical disabilities and mental um, illnesses and and the two of them obviously they're looked at as being separate uh, from one another Um, but somebody's asked a question that it's difficult one because they may be experiencing something and they want to um raise warning signs uh, but they maybe don't know how to so someone's asked a question how can someone show that they're mentally unwell how can they maybe i don't know maybe they're asking about how they can ask for help or reach out what are your thoughts there yeah i
1: think personally if i was going through that i wouldn't rely um so much on other people it's difficult to um, expect other people to step up sometimes and be there in the way that you need them to be, whether that's a spouse or a parent. Um, everyone's sometimes got their own issues and they may not be able to support you in the way um, that you need. So I, when my brother passed away, I had some counselling. My wife said, "Oh, I think you need counselling. and uh, I went for it. And the guy I I had counselling with initially, he said, "You know, you're going to have it, and it's going to be like it's not doing anything." But you know, eventually down the line, at some point, you think, "Oh, yeah, I can see how that clicks or how that makes sense." So um, the counting, I think, for me personally, I think it was, it was good in the sense that it gave me someone that I could speak to about my wife or about my family and about certain issues. And looking at the evidence um, on risk factors for suicide, one of them is um, conflict or with, within family and friends. So it may be that you need someone outside that you can um, talk to. And So there are services out there available. We'll we'll put all of them in the description as many as we can in the description If you know any services or people that um, can help them, please let us DM us and we'll add those as well But for me, um, I personally I think if I went through it again, I'd probably just um, Go down that avenue so I know that that person is there. They're there for me They're there to listen to me and I have some kind of outlet to de-stress I also have a um, group of friends who I connect with like once a week our phone and we don't necessarily talk about meaningful stuff but just having having a chat just it feels like soul food it feels like a bit of a a de-stress and and, so I think everyone is individual and it might be going to you know going to the Gurdwara for you gives you solace. It might be a certain person in your life is is that is that rock that you can go to but just figuring out what combination
0: what what works for you. What do you think boys? No, I, I resonate with, with a lot of that and the thing is as well I think what you said was really important about the reliance on others because uh, we are going through something there and also they might not be aware of what warning signs are either if we're trying to show them how, how we feel um, about a certain thing or something that we're experiencing at that moment in time they may not be trained or know. and like you said everybody's kind of in their own bubble as well that doesn't mean that they don't care um, it just means that they they don't know either it's very difficult to know what's what is actually going through um so like you said that the reliance is um is is on on you to um to kind of uh, showcase um and and look for you know for for a way where you know whatever works like you said you know there's lots of different ways so there's lots of self-help now as well if you're kind of confident with that um there's, like you said, the interventions that you mentioned. Um, but I think it's just taking a step as well. That can be, we've seen to, we do overthink things a lot. And overthinking is a big part of this as well, as we know. But we seem to think that um, we're going to, like you said, when you met the therapist, they said, well, somewhere down the line, you're going to, it's a process, isn't it? You're going to get better. What are you are going to put into this? We're just not going to get fixed um, overnight. None of us are. We know that. Um, but because we live in that click and collect environment and that fast delivery next next day or same day or whatever by 10 p.m., we, we're starting something and we're giving it up before uh, we've even given it a go, um, which is the hard thing because that's the last thing you want to do is jump from pillar to post. You want to give something a try for a long, uh, a sustained period of time and, and give it your all, really, I think.
1: Yeah, and, and to piggyback off that, one of the interviews was um, someone who um, has been through it. They were saying that, you know, physical health—you don't, you don't go to the gym and get fit once. That's a process which takes a long period of time. And if you're going through depression, if you're going through suicidal thoughts, it's not going to be—you're not going to wake up tomorrow and, and be okay. Um, it's going to be a lifelong battle, and it's going to potentially—and it's going to potentially be something that you need to work on every day um just as we do our physical health we we need to respect that the mind is also a muscle that needs to train
0: yeah just jumping off the back of of what you said there um you you spoke about suicidal thoughts and let's let's go one step before that just our thoughts in general that are unhelpful unhelpful a lot of us have unhelpful thinking uh which takes us to places we don't want to go uh, and causes us a lot of discomfort internally um as well myself included um how do we manage those things um as well it's really important that we start to look into uh and and just monitoring our thinking uh without judgment this is the key thing because we see it on posts as well that thoughts are not facts yeah we see that okay um we need to get to a place where we are um, starting to work on that because The thing is we tend to think something and then get scared by it and have doubt and have fear and believe that we are that or because we are thinking about that, it takes us low. So depending on our thoughts, if they're high, then we go high. If they're low, then we drop even further, which is very dangerous because then we're just going up and down like that according to our thoughts. And the thoughts could just, anything could happen. We could be triggered by something um and have some trauma um or our thoughts could it, it, we just don't know in a day because as you know like we don't know what we're going to be thinking about in five minutes time do we We we've got no idea um so ha- you know this is really important and acceptance of where you are right so for example we've both had things that we've come through right so we know that that's a part of who we are it's not going to go away probably ever right and there has to be some acceptance there we might have some bad days yeah um, and, and we need to manage that and, and we need to um, get through that um, and, and be kind to ourselves like that and I tend to say something a little bit funny as well when, when people do ask me and I have a conversation with it and so when someone makes us angry right we've all thought oh, i want to kill that person <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've, we've thought that in our head like you know oh god we've said that right but we're never going to do it right we're never are not going to do it we're never going to touch that person in that way but the thought comes that person's annoyed us so much right especially in Pajabi, right they've done this this and that, that and the other it's so just rolls off the tongue right but that's an example there that that's just a thought it's not a fact yeah for example so we need to start to um look at what our thoughts are not and not be judgmental about them not attach our uh thoughts feelings and emotions and just basically wrap it up as this is who i am and i'm in trouble um but it's really hard because thoughts are very intrusive they're very repetitive and you you can be kind of swimming in those thoughts which is which is dangerous but it's something to just acknowledge i think for anybody i agree (laughs) cool that's fine. Um, so with that as well, we I don't know if you've got a question you want to read out.
1: Um, there was there was someone asking about what, what kind of leads to what kind of leads to it. And I was looking at mm-hmm. I was looking at kind of normalizing it. So the stat earlier was fifty percent of people, so there'll be someone in every family who would have thought about it. And like you said, a thought doesn't necessarily mean somebody's it, it is just that, it is just a thought but they can be that rumination, They can be that spiral that someone goes down um, and and there are certain risk factors, some of them are um, not being married actually, being single is a risk factor, jobs, finance, illness, conflict in family and friends, death, loneliness are, are some of the risk factors and, and just to go back to um, what you were saying around the thoughts, I think one of the issues is that um some people in the community will say, "Oh, you know, if you've got a problem, just do more and do more And I think that's a really common thing. I see lots of people message, dash and that. And I appreciate where they're coming from, and uh, it makes sense and it's true. But I think it's also appreciate to uh, important to understand that when you're in a in a dark place, it's sometimes very difficult to do those things and to actually be able to concentrate. So there is that saki that we talks about where the the Muslim said, "Come and pray in a mosque," and he went to the mosque and um, he didn't pray. And they said, "Why not?" And he said, "Well, you were thinking about your cows, and you were thinking about you know um, something else, uh, making some making some. He was a merchant, so making some kind of purchase." So I think sometimes we can go through the motions, we can look the part, we can um, dress the part, and we can be we can be doing our nickname, we can be doing all of these things. Um, like the um, the six that we mentioned, who was a survivor in Vancouver, but internally we're really struggling. So, if that is the case, then it's really important that you seek help as well, not just think, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I should be okay, and I can't talk to anyone about this because I'm a man. I'm meant to be, you know, not have any issues because everyone would have issues. As I said, fifty percent of men will, will go through this.
0: It's a big problem that you mentioned because we look a certain way. And if we don't feel that way inside, we are trapped. Uh, and that's very, very scary because there's an internal battle going on that we're losing every day. And moment by moment, our spirit is being broken. So like you said, if someone comes along and goes, well, uh, I've had it. where was, this is when I was coming to Sikkim, and someone said, uh, Seva, Simran, Satsangat, where are you lacking? <laughs> they were probably right, but it's, it's not what I needed to hear, right? um because it just breaks breaks your spirit even more um and you can tell you you need to we need to be uh more approachable with this stuff and we need to be able to kind of gauge like temperature check where you think someone is like what what are they um what, what kind of dip a toe in and, and what what does this have a conversation and and what's this person open to um rather than just going in two feet first with a with a one-size-fits-all solution um, because there's very rarely that as well but the on the other side as well is there is this stigma around if we talk to someone in Sikhi that they're going to hit us with the Sikhi stick all the time and they're going to say do right and in the olden days that probably did happen right but there's a new age now as well where you and I would not say that to someone Anna. so there is a stigma around that as well which is which is a problem as well but that that is something where you know we we are changing that all the time um, and by being more approachable um, generally.
1: The other thing is I think when you when you say that to somebody like, oh where are you lacking, you're you're putting the blame on them. So you're saying it's your fault that you're going through a difficult time, right? And and from what we've talked about this whole talk has been that it's not it's not that individual's fault. This is something that's gonna happen to all of us potentially. And it's something that we need to learn to normalize we need to think okay well we talk about other things like we might talk about um you know other issues routinely that affect us um so it's really important to talk about this as well to to say to someone look how are you doing you know what are you going through um and you know some of the some of the articles even said to ask someone directly so you know have you ever thought about ending your life and you know to to, to open that conversation up because um it's it's really important. I mean there's probably I could probably count on one hand how many people there are in my life who I could have that conversation with. And you know, I, I'm still very privileged to have even one person. But it is it, it they say a problem shared is a problem halved, and I've I've met so many people who have been through really difficult times. And when mm-hmm. they've had someone who's been there for them through that, it it genuinely has half the problems. They say it's like shining a light on a gremlin, they they it just dissipates some of the some of the duk and some of the, the suffering that that person is experiencing and yeah and that kind of leads me on to um one of the points which is more around helping people um who want to support someone and that was about listening so i think one of the things we fall victim to and um and they say males are the worst of this is offering solutions you know and it kind of draws back to what we talked about earlier so you know you say you're going through a rough patch And I say, oh, you know, you need to do this and you need to do that. Whereas, sometimes I'm talking to Dashko about my feelings and she's like, you need to do this and you need to do that. I'm like, honestly, um, I really don't want you to say anything right now. I just want you to listen to me. And I don't want you to offer solutions or tell me why I'm wrong or what I'm doing wrong. I just want to feel heard. And I think it's really important to give somebody the space to to be heard.
0: I totally agree. Um, As a man, I've used to um when i first got married and stuff and probably um only recently came out of this when i had this revelation was like every time the root girl would would talk to me about things that were going on and stuff like that i would be sitting there thinking how how can i fix this or find a solution to what she's saying every time i would do it and i'll be like almost quiet and internalizing it um to the point that she's thinking like he's not even bothered about it but I was thinking about how what can i do what can i say that's like how can i put a rabbit out of a hat and um kind of fix this or whatever and then it was only recently uh when i was actually um doing some training and I was in a forum uh and there was women in there and it was, it was all about men's uh, men being emotional and stuff like that and there was a lady in there and she was like basically she was just like sometimes women just need men to listen to them and not provide a solution. And I was like, thank God, it's like someone shined a light on me there. And I was like, after that, I was like, that's great. Because you're right. It's just sometimes we just need to offload um, and just provide that space for someone to do that and not necessarily have to give an answer all the time or provide a solution. They will feel a bit hauler afterwards, potentially.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a, I read Matthew McConaughey's book. He's an actor and he's uh, written a book, Green Lights. And it's funny because he went through this trans. Transcendental phase where he he went and stayed in a monastery. And um, in the monastery there was a monk and the guy said, you're going through you're trying to find yourself, you're going through all these internal issues. And go and talk to this monk. And he went for a walk and he said he walked with the monk for hours and he just told him everything, all the things that he felt he was messed up about, and all the things he felt he had done wrong. And um, the, he goes, the monk didn't say anything for hours. And at the end they sat down at the bench and the monk turned around and said, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I think that's, that's a, one other problem is that we kind, of, we kind of separate the sexes. We say, okay, well, males are like this and, they, and females are like this. And uh, I think there's an issue there because one of the problems that's cited in the evidence is that males, they're they put down when they try and open up and when they try and show vulnerability and when they try and show emotion. Then it's like oh, Bandavan or Sherevan or you know, man up and that's, uh, that person internalizes that, that person thinks, okay, I, sh- I put myself out there, I've made myself vulnerable and this is what I got back. So what, what signals that that person is getting and I'm talking about from personal experiences that that person can't be vulnerable, he has to just keep it in.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, like when when you're talking about like emotions and stuff like that. So that that um, that course that I was on about um, men being secretly emotional, it was we were talking about that and we were saying, well, is it only acceptable um, in two instances for men to show their emotion? One of them is sport. Yeah, we can be emotional when we win or we lose. We can take it all out then. The other is death. When somebody dies, then it's okay to be a little bit a bit sad, a little bit emotional about it and everything is masked in that yeah so you'll see when people go to the football how they act in that because it's they're able to express their emotion without anyone any judgment right and in those other instances as well i found that very very interesting and yeah. both of us yeah sorry no i agree no I, I was just gonna say both of us have got boys uh, as well um and at the minute convincing is three years old is basically um telling me in instances that he feels sad um, and sometimes you've made me sad right and um even though he's maybe not in the right or whatever it is and i've tried to manage that but then the other side as well sometimes i dropped off, off to school now and i was like daddy high five high five and he's like can i have a hug so you know it's it's we're we've got to raise we're raising our boys as well um in this yeah, definitely, and I, I think our
1: community. I mean, I, you know, my brother passed away, and I couldn't openly cry because people would have said, "Oh, it's hooker," um, you know, group woman, since lost his four sons, which is true. But this was some of the things that people were saying to me when my brother passed away. Um, so you know, there's, there's, there's definitely issues around uh, males and uh, them being able to be vulnerable and talk about their feelings, and 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 part of it is not that male's fault. Part of it is just the the culture.
0: Mm. You know, um, you touched on um, preventative um, things like listening, for example. Um, so, a few things, because um, another question's come up about how, how can we prevent suicide. Um, so, obviously, listening is a really big thing, as you said, listening without judgment parking judgment we're always going to be judgmental there's always going to be things coming up in our head about the past and what somebody's done and what they haven't done and, and all this stuff but for that time we need to put it to one side and put ourselves to the side as well um, ask questions don't assume anything yeah ask the question it's really important that you ask questions um because through that they might share something you just don't know right but the key thing is preventing the suicide itself uh, to that stage where somebody potentially is at you need to ask them the questions both of us have been on the mental health first aid course right and I'm speaking for myself maybe uh, you were the same but it was it was um, we covered suicide a lot in in the, in the course where we're under misconception that if we ask someone are you suicidal that they're just going to go ahead and do it and it's going to be on our shoulders for the rest of our life. Um, So that's a big misconception there, Um, because as we said, somebody, it takes a a while for them to get to that stage. It's not just overnight. Um, So you need to ask them straight out, you know, are you feeling suicidal? Are you having suicidal thoughts? Ask them those questions. And then after that, you know, do you have a plan to execute this? Because it may just be that they're having the thoughts, which means they're at a certain stage. If they have a plan to then execute this, then do they have a means to do it by as well on top of that? And then have they actually planned when and where they're gonna do it? Do they actually intend to do it? Have they made arrangements for when they're not here? You know, so this is really like far down. If somebody is at that stage, then you have to act immediately you need to phone emergency services, you need to take them to A and E or whatever it is. You cannot leave that person alone when they're there. But this gives everybody some idea of where we're heading to to that point. So if it's before that, then you've got some idea of, of what it is you need to do. I think it's really important that you raise that because there will be people who are in that
1: scenario and maybe looking for this or someone. In, in your family who may be at that point, so it's important to know that actually that is a medical emergency. A and E's are set up to to deal with that medical emergency. There's a lot of services out there which we'll put in the description box below. Even Dr. um even in her therapy session, if someone was to say you know they, they've considered taking their life, she has to she has to act upon that and, and take it seriously. So it is. It is really important to highlight it is a medical emergency, just like having a heart attack or anything else. Um, going back to kind of the beginning stages, if you think, well, this, you know, I've got a brother or I've got a husband or I've got a son and I don't know what going, whether he's going through something. I was thinking about the principle of reparosity, which is which is how, well, kind of like acting how you want to be treated. So I'm thinking about my friends and the men in my family. And am I there for them? in the way that I would want them to be there for me. So things like, you know, am I checking in with them on a regular basis? Because the case studies that I've looked into, it's usually been when people were connected to somebody and then they, they started to disconnect, they started to drift apart, and, and then, then they find out that this person has taken their life. So it, I think it's really important to think, well, you know, I've got these five, six people that I'm, let me give them a call once a week and just find out how they're doing, just chat you know about or go and see them or, or don't don't leave it till it gets to the point where you know, in one of the case studies someone had thought about suicide for 14 years before they attempted it so that that person was potentially experiencing loneliness and suicidal ideations for a long sustained period of time so we, we really need to catch it at an earlier period of time um, so whether there's going to be you know kind of networking events within drive, right, like dads can get together um, or Whatever, whatever kind of, whether it's sports teams, whether it's some, some way that that person can find belonging, find an outlet, find a tap to release the, what's going on through, through what they're feeling emotionally.
0: I totally agree with that one. That's all I can say there. What's <laughs> that? Um, but you know, we, we've spoken about um, preventative measures um, and the things that um, we should do is also really important, the things we should not do. Right. Um, so if someone is confiding in you and telling you these things, or if they're showing the warning signs and they haven't said anything to you, then the last thing you want to do is have an argument with them or have a debate with them um, about what is going on. Because again, that's just going to break them down even more and push them further away. Um, that's the last thing we want to do. And we spoke about it before. We don't do not want to make them feel guilty about what they're doing, like by talking about, you know, ourselves or other people that are going to be affected by there and then. That's again, the last thing we want to do. And, you know, we don't want to say things to them. Like, you know, if you do this, you're going to go to hell, Right. That's not helpful. Even if we believe it, it's not helpful. Yeah. It's not helpful at all because it's, again, it's just breaking them down. Even they're already literally on the floor, probably um they're probably exhausted um by this they're probably in feeling so many other things that they do not need to hear that kind of stuff do not give your own stories and as punjabis we're so good at that (laughs) men with dahoya and you know i know so someone like this flandin with dahoya as well yeah yeah forget about you this is what i know already and book is closed yeah on that person not going to say anything to you after that because they realize that do not challenge them either and go and all this stuff don't throw it back at them and challenge them and so it's really important i said the things we should do but don't don't do these things think about these things we've got to put ourselves you know that person is not themselves at that time they're not they're not rational, they're not all these things, but we maybe are. So we need to acknowledge where we are and put that person first, put ourselves in their shoes, even if we've never felt like that before, but make them realize that their problem is our problem. Yeah. Um, Just as you said, just by listening to them, um, it's really important things. Yep. And I, I think it's important to create
1: uh, I spoke to somebody on the podcast and it wasn't it because the person didn't feel comfortable with it, but they had attempted suicide and um, she, one of the things that she, she said was quite cruel was to, to be there and to be a support and then to take that support away and say, actually, I don't have time because I'm busy with my kids. And and, and that's fair enough. I mean, I, I'm guilty of that. I've been there with people and then backed away because I've got busy with with, with um, family and other commitments. So I think um, it it is... Um, it it takes a big investment and it takes a long term investment in an individual to be able to support them. And and she was saying if you're not that person, then help them find that person or find that avenue that they can get support and and kind of handhold them through that through that process. If you're not going to be the one who's going to be able to answer the phone at two in the morning, you know, on on random days of the week to help that person That's That's
0: great that's a great point you realise. It's just not leaving them in the lurch. You're making sure and follow up with them as well go how's it going you know as well make sure that it's not just just left there and, and that's it um it's really important because yeah you might not be and that's okay on your part that's not a failing you just may not be the right person to help them or have the time or the, the skills to be able to do that and that's okay to say that as well don't feel that you need to do that as well it's really important because you're actually doing them damage in the long run
1: yeah. And that's one thing that I actually realized from speaking to her because I, I I kind of you know, you wanna naturally we wanna help people when someone reaches out and says they're struggling, you wanna help, but actually if you don't have the bandwidth to help, then like you said, it, it can be can be um, a disservice to them by stepping up and then saying stop and then ignoring them. Um, yeah. the other thing that she mentioned were were just to give you some tangible examples of some of the things that were said to her was oh you end up um Stuff like, that. like you said it's just it's just um it's just some tangible example of the dialogues that um us indians <laughs> sort of uh, come out with so i think um at that point in time she was saying that it actually just it just uh, adds to the layers of guilt and adds to the layers of um someone feeling know about themselves and and also from speaking to a couple of people, they were saying how it doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's another option. It's not like they think, okay, well, here's option A, B, and C. It's like that is, feels like the only option.
0: I think you, for me, you just hit the nail on the head there when you said adding to the layers of guilt to see where they are in that moment of time. They're feeling guilty. They don't, they don't want to feel like that. Yeah, They don't want to be in that position. Um, so what is it that you're actually doing you're actually again worsening um their condition and um, by by you said add, adding adding to it you're, you're making it worse um for them um and yeah again it just it just goes down to that where that com we spoke about tiki before Anna, and that compassion side that they side it has to be there um explicitly um you know for them. and look some people may not have been on the mental health first aid course, yeah, some people may not have mental health qualifications, yeah, but we all can find some com- compassion from somewhere for somebody and we underestimate that as well by saying, look, I don't know about this stuff, I don't know all this, All making it really complicated, but like you said, you know, just by, by showing that, that compassion um, that they are for them, like opening up for the, allowing them to, to open up to you um, it's really big it's, it's a we underestimate that you know it's really it's huge
1: yeah I think if we if we look at things from a historical perspective it, and if we go back to Punjab kind of 50, 50 100 years ago you, know, you did your keti body you came back you sat with your family everyone had manji in one room you know you tatted and fell asleep when, when the when the video went out or when um when it when it got dark so you know the the cohesiveness of communities and networks was so strong um that it, it kind of naturally had this tap mechanism of allowing stresses and strains um to diffuse which now with a kind of individualism we ne- don't necessarily have the bandwidth to help others and also the, the kind of um, structures in place so um so, if anyone has a question, do please leave the question. We've got, you know
0: what, we've got, you know what, we've got the, the questions from before, and we've oh, got we have tons, we've got tons of questions uh, in there. So, um, let me just let's just go to some of the live ones anyway, and just see if we can help anybody out with anything. Um, what, but TED said their problem is our problem. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a good way to. Um, what can what can Gurdwari do more to support? This mental health crisis in our community.
1: Yeah, would
0: you Do you want to answer that, Boji? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. By do, doing some doing some events for, for starters. So uh, last week, uh, no, two weeks ago, I went to a Dartford, Gurdwara, where they had a well-being day. They showed a movie which is called Game of Faith, and it was about someone who had a stutter um and was bullied and had mental health issues and, and all this stuff and they allowed me to uh, do a talk afterwards on there so they opened the floor to that and i was i was talking there i didn't know who needed to hear that information i didn't know what value it would provide to them afterwards but it was really important that they had that space available and that we was able to to talk about sicki as well we would able to talk about um you know first aid basics and and all these things of how somebody could end up there and in a family environment as well so creating those spaces this is happening but especially now off the back of this unfortunate event that's occurred more and more people are open to this um, tomorrow there's a there's a simran program at she, um, shepherds bush uh, central goddara where there's going to be a talk where they've, they've asked me to attend that as well and look more and more this is happening where there's these spaces being created. Unfortunately, obviously, because of lockdown the last two years, it's been difficult. We know that. It's, the spaces, just have, we've not been able to do it. But but providing those spaces, allowing these conversations to take place there, it sets a precedent in itself.
1: And and to add to that, I think all those initiatives are brilliant. And I was having a conversation with uh, Jai Singh from Coventry, who um, hopefully he won't mind me, ha- um, hearing this conversation, but he was part of the committee in GMP. And I was like, oh, you know, the churches in Gerard's Cross where we live, they have this going on. They have they have uh, a dad's group which meets once a week. They read a book on, on spirituality or their faith and then they have a conversation about it and then they go to the walk and have coffee and, and, and that kind of stuff. For mums, they have a new mum and they have speakers come in, like this speakers come in and uh, for you know teenagers they have anger management groups, they have all these kinds. of they have all these kind of support systems in place to help their congregation. And I said, what have we, you know, there was a, there was a patient of mine, and she works at Southall train station. She may be listening to this. And she said an elderly uh, Singh came, uh, came to the train tracks and jumped in front of the train tracks. And she pulled him off the train tracks before a train came, and she took him to um, a Gurdwara, which I'm not going to name. And um, they said, well, what are we supposed to do with it? So, you know, when I said to him, and he, he said, he acknowledged the good isn't doesn't have the systems in place to deal with these types of scenarios and deal with actual real life issues. The grantees don't have the training to be able to deal with this and, and often they don't speak English. So, you know, him as somebody who's been in a committee and done that Seva, he's found a lot, of, um, a lot of barriers to getting things like that implemented. It, it's very it's very new it's very different so I think there's a lot of things that good could do but I guess it's about finding the funding they could hire a psychologist have them there full-time and, and say a drop-in service for anybody who needs it whether you're elderly um, you know whatever kind of scenario you're going to you run groups all of these different groups that we've mentioned before I know in Coventry there's data cup initiative which started off recently and I noticed that that gym they are a meeting. it's just a group of men getting together and just you know just chatting and, and um, I know the Sings the um, they're, they're hosting an event on uh, the 2nd of January Veggie Games um, yeah. hosting, uh, to try and bring these things together through sport and just through socialising so I think, I think it's really important to create space for somebody who's going through something to feel like oh yeah this guy gets me this guy understands this guy cares about me because um, you know no one no one really cares what we know until they know how much we care so we, we really need to kind of um i think there's a lot of scope for doing lots of good things in good life i
0: 100 agree with all of that and um like i said the, the problem is that the day-to-day stuff of of what you mentioned there where you know and the care as well where someone's been pulled off a train track and like you said, well, we don't know what to do. <laughs> Almost like, you know, um, and it, there can be that there. It's unfortunate, depending on what Gurdwara you go to, there, there can be that, um, you know, um, struggle uh, with, with the management there on that, because they're probably looking at like a homeless person or however many people that they have to deal with uh, as well. When when they don't have this in place, um, it's a problem. But, you know, these these thing places that you mentioned as well, you know, hopefully that they can be examples for other places um, really because that's what we just need to, we do need to set those examples um, and you know right now where you know people are talking about it more than ever something has to be put into place because otherwise it's, it's just going to be another person that did this um, because what another one of the questions was how do we make uh, it that we don't just forget about deep sing and all the others like deep sing. Uh, how do we do that? Because that's the thing with it. You can just go through the motions and that can be topical. And we can think that, oh yeah, we've uh, actually done something, but as we spoke about before, without a call to action. But there's no way for anyone to, yes, we've raised a bit of awareness and then everyone just goes home again. And then we're back to the same same problem again. So we really need to look at it holistically. Uh, what is it? And that, that doesn't mean necessarily doing huge things. It could just be like you said, creating an event uh, like Veggie Games has a table tennis uh, tournament or whatever it is where someone just feels a part of something and then something will build after that potentially it doesn't have to be a you know full bang polished um, process and procedure organ brand new organization created overnight and we're going to be doing all these wonderful things it, it something is better than nothing
1: yeah and with anything in life it's the little things that really add up to the big, monumental things, right? Big, no one ever started like big movements up overnight. And and if you if you can call two or three of your friends once a week and just check in with them, that's you know that's something more than I have been doing. So that that's that's an improvement. Mm-hmm. We just we always want to take whatever steps that we can. Um, there's this and there's a story about this man who who is walking by this the a beach and he sees loads of fish that. Are, come out of the water and are dying and he throws some of the fish in and someone goes to him well why are you wasting your time these fish are going to die like there's thousands of them and he goes yeah but at least i saved those couple that i saved right so i think any any little thing you can do um for anybody it all it all counts
0: one one person and if you if you can um help one person you know it's it's massive because that one person is connected to however many people it's not about you know, thinking about, you know, big, big change. Sometimes it's it's about, you know, know, we overlook these things um, a lot. Um, And someone asked the question as well, and again, we had a discussion about this as well, was why does it take such drastic action for us to then want to have a response to it? And we spoke about this before, isn't it? It's unfortunately that we live in a society where, you know, talking about this um and us having these conversations, mental health is stigmatized um but mourning um suicide is is not um you know it's okay to to mourn afterwards um but we know that look why does it have to get to a stage where you know look these conversations are difficult i understand you and i probably not not had conversations as such but you know had difficult you know it's hard to have these it's heavy some people don't want to talk about, they don't want to hear about this stuff as soon as you mention some of these things. And I understand that. But if we don't have these conversations, these difficulties, um, these um, you know, heavy topics and, and whatnot, these, these things are relevant. They're happening. It's a reality. We can't get away from these things. But if we don't have them now, then we don't have the difficulties afterwards of having to deal with mourning someone who's taken their lives we'd rather have a bit of difficulty now a bit of uncomfortableness okay yeah i don't want to deal with that or i'm gonna have to unlearn this or do whatever it is but if it's going to stop someone going down there then you'd rather do that right yes so you know we do need to to look at that as and hopefully we can take example from this that let's not wait for the next thing to happen before we then go and do something else um whatever's happened now has happened um and you know unfortunately you know it's it's not just another number as we said right um all these lives matter um because you know so many people are affected by this and people's lives are never the same again um after that um so if we can do whatever it is how everyone's got a part to play right you agree with me whether it's big or small
1: yeah and a bit controversial but i feel like you know what's the point of religion if you know we're not going to help each other we're not going to support each other through hard times we're just going to say that's that guy's problem you know it's got nothing to do with me then then what's it all for what's the point of
0: it? yeah it, it, it's and sangat as well like you know we need to have the confidence to lean on people but if we don't have trust in the first place and like you said or you know that approachability that hey what I say actually matters it's not just gonna get dismissed um, then you know it, it sums it up really what's the point in being like this if you know the doors gonna be closed um, ultimately and have you got any more questions there uh, no I'm good um, I'm just having a look um,
1: uh, Thank you for can... joining the
0: live chat, by the way. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Can, can you please talk about the importance of accessing professional help as opposed to relying on friends and family? Um, so, yeah, I mean, the thing is with that is a professional is, as we said before, someone who's not close to the situation, impartial, um, and can look at um, and have boundaries with you as well. They're not someone who's basically with you all the time and uh, has all this personal baggage with you as well and everything. The point of the professional help is to help you from, uh, is help is to help you get an outcome, yeah? Wherever you are is then to get you to to, to an outcome, uh, a place where you want to be. Um, but that's you putting in whatever it is that you're gonna get out of it as well. Um, the, the professional is there to, pressure uh, educated in in, um, in whatever capacity it is that you're seeing them in as well. So it's important to, to know that as well. Um, and the family and friends are, are not necessarily qualified. As we said, they're busy with their, with their own things as well. They don't have the time to give up to you necessarily. And that's not a bad thing. They don't understand either. Um, professionals are going out into a different space as well. Um, and there's going to be accountability there with the professional. Uh, there won't be accountability necessarily with your friends and family. It's totally different. They go, in, you couldn't happen today, never mind. And yeah, chalo, never mind. But with the professional, no, they're there for that purpose uh, to to serve you uh, and give you the value and then help you to to recover or get to, to the outcome. And there will be accountability there. And if you're not uh, delivering to to the point that, you know, you're doing the things that you said you're gonna do then then they won't see you anymore unfortunately that's a reality as well and that doesn't necessarily mean that it hasn't worked yeah um you need to we also need to to reflect uh, on ourselves as well um with that um, and just jumping on that as well it's a really important point we could be in really difficult times uh, we could be traumatized by something uh, we could have been hurt really deeply and things like that and yes it's not nice it's not good um, and uh, we wouldn't wish that we may have experienced something um, but the reality is at some point we have to be responsible for our own healing yeah um, we can't go back to the people who or person who caused us this pain and expect them to be able to heal us because they're the ones who caused us the issue and um, so we need to s- differentiate between that put ourselves away from that and look at how we can start to move forward ourselves and heal our own pain ultimately because um, we are responsible for that we can't live our whole lives um, you know having experienced something really bad and live a life of trauma um, because it's, it's really really difficult but it, it it gets you get to a stage in your life where you realize that um, And, you know, everyone's on a journey. You may not be there at the moment, but you will hopefully get to a stage where you realize that we have a responsibility. This is self-care. We talk about self-care massively. Uh, Self-care is so much more than, you know, just in sitting on a sofa and watching what your favorite stuff. It's so much bigger than that. And I would suggest that you research, uh, look, these words that we're using now, self-care, healing, all of these things, they were not part of the conversation when we were growing up right so we need to look what do these words actually mean start to research these words what do they mean for us and how do we practice them in our lives I agree cool uh concur <laughs> um so I don't know if, if anybody's got any other questions or anything like that uh the live will be uh, in the archive and we will share it um, as well. But just to, just to, I don't know, have you got any last thing you want to kind of share?
1: Yeah, just very quickly, there was a piece of, uh, for Darshko's PhD thesis, she compared different types of therapy, like psychoanalysis, uh, mindfulness, based cognitive therapy, uh, CBT, lots of different things. And then she, and she tried to figure out which one was the best. And what she explained to me in layman's terms was that, they said it didn't matter what kind of therapy the person had; it was just whether the person felt like they felt listened to and felt heard. So I think I think it's really important that when you go to see somebody professionally, usually they're there to listen. They're not going to say, "Oh, you should have done this and you should do this." And you know, um, so so it can be really nice to have that space where it's not just like, "Oh, yeah, you, you know, your person's member died." Well, you know, my everybody died or something, right? It's not like a you know, in Gurbani that Shabad where you just tell somebody your look and they tell you um, all of their looks yeah, and, and compete. So it, it can be helpful to go and see a therapist. But again, different things work for different individuals. So, you know, the only way you're going to know is as biceps like to try it and stick to it for a period of time. And alongside it, if you can, you know, build social connections where you can get that, get that need met or get that release, um, that's also beautiful as well. It's just whatever, if you can get that solace from immersing yourself in Gurbani or, or you know, going to camps or whatever, or, or getting a change in environment, going somewhere else, whatever works for you, the main thing is that you that we're okay. And it's okay not to be okay, which is the, the tagline of this. Yeah. So I think there is that expectation, especially as things that those things you have to be okay, but it's it's okay to not be okay.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with, with, with all you said there. Um, and what I would say is as well that um, a really good couple of tips as well that I'm sure we both practice as well is, you know, d- think routine is key. Um, we're talking about at the beginning here where someone's um, really looking at um, reasons why their mental health might be declining. Yeah, right at the beginning. Um, this is where you can, can capture things by doing exercise um, and journaling and affirmations and self-help books and everything at the where you can catch it very early therapy the earlier you can go to therapy the better it is for you where you can catch it at the beginning um before it starts to um sort of spiral um you know it's really important that you like as we spoke about before you, you you monitor your thoughts you almost accept them yeah and you don't judge them as well um and and you work towards it look it's, the more work you do like like we talk about always talk about investing in ourselves right this is the same thing the more, it can never be, you can never put a price on that investment um, on yourself um, because when you do that, then you you will help ev- everyone else uh, around you as well. Um, and look, this we've spoken about some really difficult um, topics tonight and gone through some really difficult things. So if you are in a position where, you know, you are feeling certain way um, or you're just unsure um about how you're feeling um you're scared you've got fear uh, you've got all, you're going through all of these things and you're dealing with them um on your own it's a very difficult time and both of us can resonate and empathize um with that um but there are people out there that can help you um and reaching out for help is not a weakness it's a sign of strength yeah and when you realize both of us i'm, I'm going to speak for you here as well one apaji but i'm pretty sure this is it for you when you go through something and you come through the other side you realize how much strength that you actually have you, when you unless you're tested you won't realize how strong you actually are when you get through that side then you can do anything you really believe that you can do anything um after that so it's really important um that you you kind of do do try to look at the perspective on that as as early as possible and so um, we thank you all for coming on and, 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 and everything that you've you've shared as well in, in the comments as well. Just to finish off by giving a few sort of signposting um, for those live on the call as well. Um, there's lots of suicide trainings out there as well. We will go through some and share uh, with you. We spoke about the mental health uh, first aid course, Mental Health Foundation. That That is really good for anybody um, to do. But if you know of um, others that you potentially would like to do it with, like a large group, maybe then do reach out because we do know people who are um, trainers in mental health ambassadors that could potentially facilitate that. Um, but definitely do look into that because that is a no brainer. It's an absolutely amazing course for anybody to to go on to um, as well. But also. Um, her recent wife, Dasha Benji, is associated with Seek Your Mind as well. Uh, Seek Your Mind have a free and confidential helpline, um, which is open 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock every day, which we share the phone number for. They also have a live chat as well on their website um, as well. And they are amazing. They're doing amazing seva. And also there's uh, many other charities like Seek Forgiveness as well, who created this book here in Punjabi called Mental Health Ki Honda. What is mental health? Um, Everybody always talks about lack of resource in Punjabi, but it goes through all mental health conditions in this book, in Punjabi. This is such a valuable resource. Um, Nobody has done anything like this. I haven't seen anything like this. So this is is an amazing resource um, in itself as well. Also, something else to point out as well is, at this time, um, a lot of people are opening themselves up Um, to messages from people, uh, and we understand why um, they care genuinely, yeah? Um, There may be things popping up where you see, oh, you know, come and have a chat with me. The men need to talk and everything. And and I totally agree with that. But please be mindful um, of risk and safeguarding, whether you are the person who um, is uh, requiring the help or you are the one potentially giving it out. Um, because you could become a risk to yourself and the other person as well. What I mean by that is you could be talking to them over Instagram, for example, DMs or whatever, you have a life as well, you have a job, they may become dependent on you, and they may contact you, you may not be around or whoever knows, right? And that's why the professionals are are really important because they're dedicated uh, to that individual. And yes, you may help a lot of people, um, but that one incident could potentially happen and it's about making sure that that does not happen so you could have the best intentions at heart um, but you don't want to open yourself up to harm yourself and potentially harm um, others as well so that's really important if you're unsure about that take advice uh, from us or anyone else you feel comfortable with on that and, and lastly what I want to finish with you um, know what the crisis information is for you locally yeah and um, for, for example, um, I know because I work there uh, our mind, uh, which is in Bexleyheath, Heath, um, we have a crisis cafe which is open 6 o'clock uh, to 10pm every single night. And there are similar ones in other areas where you can turn up there without an appointment and be seen straight away by somebody. Yeah, so this is really important. You can turn up there 6 o'clock, 10 o'clock every single seven days a week and you can see someone straight away because you could be a stage where we mentioned before where you're really quite far gone or you know someone who's quite far gone and phoning up and waiting on a waiting list is going to make it worse because every day you're you're getting worse. So know what the crisis information is. Don't be afraid to call 999. Don't be uh, afraid to take someone to A&E and think, oh my God, if I phone the police, if I phone the ambulance, they're never going to come back again. They're going to be they're gonna take them away or do, because the key thing is that, that they can get help. Um, and, and lastly, um, before I know if I've got anything else to add, but we're talking about suicide, right? Somebody may have attempted suicide, um, but that could have been because they were in a certain period um, of their life where they were feeling like that. It doesn't mean that they're suicidal for the rest of their life, yeah? We cannot label someone Suicidal for the rest of their lives if they've got through that or whatever it is. It's really important um, to uh, to to acknowledge that as well. Yeah, and
1: and to finish, I just want to say that if uh, we said anything in passing that uh, offended anybody, that was definitely not the intention. So please please forgive us. We're just sharing our uh, very narrow experience, and if you have something that you feel we've missed or. You, should have shared, or if we've made a mistake, then please do let us know, and we'll get that corrected and, and mention it
0: in the description box. Yeah, thanks for your time as well. Thank you. Likewise, and yeah. Pikachu. <laughs> we'll end with that one then. <laughs> All right then. Okay. Bye, Guzika yeah. Bye, good-bye.